From around the world, this is the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. There's no way to make yourself look bad at work, home, or school. This is completely work safe. As the snow drifted down around us, Karen St. Lorne and I faced off against Feng and his sister Wan, two Chinese masters of weather magic who had used the blizzard to separate us from the lieutenant and Mickey. High up in the Swiss Alps, Team Iron Angel was escorting Ambassador Kalsik and his family back to their home country, a mission many powerful people didn't want to see us complete. Feng... It has been a long time, has it not? Still clinging to your sister, I see. Karen, please. We're old friends, and you know how much I hate to see you wrinkle that beautiful face of yours. My face is going to be the last of your worries if you do not both leave, both of you. Dear brother, I do believe she is mad. It does seem that way, doesn't it? Well then, let us cut straight to the chase, shall we, Karen? We want the ambassador. You can keep his family. No way! You can't have him! Karen, who is your friend? She looks delicious. She is also quite right. We have a mission, and we will complete it. I am afraid that is out of the question, and we all know it. We're standing on a road high up on a mountain, and as you know, Karen, I am the master of wind. I could throw you both over that cliff any time I choose, but that would be both uncivilized and wasteful. Now, stand aside and we can avoid any nasty business. He was right, and Karen and I knew it. There was no way we could beat them, and they held all the cards. My heart sank in my chest as Juan walked right past us, heading for the truck. I itched to use the gun in my hand, but I'd promised Karen I wouldn't. 
The children didn't want to let their father go, but the ambassador held his head high and gently smiled at them, then walked from the truck with dignity. He looked at us sadly, expectantly, and when Karen shook her head, he nodded, understanding. There, Karen, that wasn't so bad, was it? Business is business, after all. I hope you are both to rot in hell. You, pretty girl, drop the gun and your headset. What? Your knife, too. Throw it on the ground. Quick. Quick! Given that I have no desire to harm you unless required, we'll be needing a bit of insurance so you won't be causing us any more trouble. She will come with us. No, you cannot have her. Oh, look, the family is getting out of the truck. Karen, no! It's okay. I'll... I'll go with them. But... Come along, girl. Don't dawdle. Just take care, okay? I'll be all right. Don't you dare hurt her. We'll leave her someplace you can get her when this is all over. After we've had our fun, of course. (laughs) I watched Karen vanish around the bend and did my best to hang on to Juan's motorcycle. My mind raced with a million thoughts and fear. But I tried to keep myself steady, and hoped that somehow, some way, the lieutenant would figure out a way to find me. It wasn't long before we reached the border, and for a moment I hoped they would stop us, or I could find a way to signal to them that I needed help. Then Juan looked back at me, and I saw a glow in her eyes, and suddenly I couldn't breathe. It was like she'd sucked all the air from my lungs and turned them parched dry in an instant. I coughed and couldn't stop coughing until we were past the border, and any hope for help was far behind. It was near sunset when we pulled into a small old house that had been made into a bed and breakfast. Well off the beaten track, it was high up on the side of a mountain, and no doubt they'd picked it for privacy. Sister, take care of them. I'll get us a room for the night. Rooms, please, dear brother. Room, sister? We will take turns watching them. We both need sleep tonight, as we have a long ride tomorrow. You can have your fun another time. Oh, very well. At least make them give us a large room with a shower. I'm quite filthy after using so much power today. Done and done. Keep an eye on them, then. I'll be back shortly. Feeling better, little sister? Am I not breathtaking? (laughs) You're disgusting! Oh, you say that now. But wait until I am done with you. Such nice eyes you have. Such a fire in them. I will enjoy putting it out. What, not interested in playing with me? Ew! I don't think so. Very well. It is only your loss. Where are we going? To deliver the ambassador to the right people, of course. The ones with the money. After that, it will be off to some place sunny. I'm tired of the winter cold. Ah, here comes my brother now. Brother, you have come just in time. This awful girl was looking at me with such a look. (laughs) 
<laughs> How's our room? You didn't forget my shower, did you? Slipping us up the stairs and past the couple who owned the ancient house, Fung bound both the ambassador and I back to back in the corner. After that, they came and went as they pleased, getting ready to sleep. The ambassador tried to soothe me, acting like I was his own daughter and telling me things would be okay. But I had other thoughts. As Fung and Wan made their arrangements and Fung settled into bed, I stared at the phone that sat on a nearby dresser. If I could reach it, all I'd need to do was press a number and Arclight would trace it back to us instantly. But how to reach a phone on the other side of the room, sitting next to Juan as she surfed her way through Swiss television? Old man, shut up and sleep! You too, little girl. It will be a long ride tomorrow, and you will be very sore before this trip is over. I looked away and went back to thinking. There had to be a way. There just had to be. Then I looked down and saw a face on the floor, staring back up at me. Yeah! What? What is it? Uh, uh, uh there's a, a bug on the floor in front of me. What? Where? I don't see anything. The face became a head. The head of a little girl. She looked over at Juan, and then up at me with big, curious eyes. Oh, it's, uh, ran away. Crazy girl, stop bothering me with your nonsense. This wasn't the first ghost I had seen. I was a shaman after all. But it surprised me, and also I had to make sure Juan couldn't see it too. Who knew what those crazy mages were capable of? I looked down at the ghost girl and smiled. She smiled back at me with a big, innocent grin. Hello, little one. You're surprised I can see you, aren't you? The ghost nodded, rising up out of the floor so she laid out in front of me, looking up at me curiously. I made another face, and she mimicked me, and that became our game for a few minutes, each mimicking the faces the other made. Ghosts aren't always troublesome. Sometimes they're quite playful, especially the ghosts of children, and they love to play games. I kept playing while watching Juan out of the corner of my eye, as she slowly, slowly, slowly nodded off. Hey, little ghost, do you know how to count? You do? How many times do I blink my eyes? Six? Yes, that's right. You're a smart little one, aren't you? Say, you want to play a game? You see that telephone over there? I'm going to blink my eyes and then nod my head. And whatever number I blink, I want you to push that button on the telephone. Can you do that? You can? Now remember, you need to lift the receiver first, just a little bit, so it makes a noise. It wasn't easy, and it took a bit of doing, but I used that method to get her to punch in the number to arc light. One number at a time, gently beat as she pushed it in while I watched and waited for Juan to notice the sound, but she slept peacefully through it. Luckily, using magic takes a lot out of you, and no doubt she and her brother had more than used their reserves of power to do what they'd done. At last, the child was done, and the phone gave a loud click. What? Where? 
Juan suddenly shot up straight in bed, gun in hand, and spun around the room, pointing it everywhere. Oh, dumb television piece of awful. How can they watch this thing? The little ghost laughed next to her, sticking out her tongue at Juan, and then playfully dove down through the floor, coming up in front of me like a fish coming up from the water. Thank you, little one. Oh, now I can sleep. Good night. <laughs> then I closed my eyes for a moment, and it was morning. Wake up, both of you. It's time to leave. Mmm, what about breakfast? You can have your breakfast when we've traveled. We'll buy you something on the way. Now get up and let me untie you. Doing what they told me seemed like the best course of action, so that's exactly what I did. I just hoped someone had gotten that message. They hustled us down the stairs past the confused older couple, and then out the door to where their bikes were waiting. Or rather, where their bikes were supposed to be waiting. Where are they? How should I know? Ask the old woman in the house. Maybe someone moved them. If they had moved them, then the alarms would have gone off. How could they have moved them? We're at a house in the middle of a forest. Where would they go? I remember my heart leapt into my throat. They had gotten my message. I don't like this. Back into the house. Once we have cover, we can summon fog and use it to escape. I looked over at the ambassador, and then he was gone. The old man! I've got a gun to your head, little girl. Don't move! Give him back to us now! So, you can dish it out, but can't take it, eh, Fung? This is business, Fung. Don't make it personal. Just hand her over to us and we can all walk away from this. I think they're not very far away from us. No, they're not. And I imagine they even think they have a position of strength. Shall we show them the air of their ways, dear brother? I believe we shall. Their eyes glowed blue, and suddenly the very air around us became deathly still, and then heavy. It was like someone was sucking all the heat out of the air. I heard the windows of the house pop as the temperature difference became too great for them to bear. The trees creaked and groaned all around us like they were screaming in pain, and the snow crackled and snapped. Don't worry, it won't bother you as long as you're with us. But as your friends, I'm afraid they now know what minus 80 degrees Celsius feels like. The very air in their lungs will freeze, and even machines will seize up after a few moments like this. There is nothing that can live through this kind of pure cold. I think that's enough, sister. We should be able to get the ambassador now. He should last a little longer with all that fat. Brother, I think I see one of them over behind that tree. I may not have felt the cold, but as I saw Mickey laying sprawled out next to the tree, my stomach turned to ice. Yes, it's the African. <laughs> That's the problem with their kind. They just can't take cold. Check her to see if there's anything useful and then kill her. Let me just turn her over and... <laughs> I'll be taking that gun, sir. Why aren't you frozen? Frozen? Why should I be? Feels like a summer day to me. You okay, Song? Ha! <laughs> you bet! Now, if I were you, boy, I'd turn off this cold. 
Or else maybe the African will find out if it turns off when you're dead. You can't kill me, and we both know it. I might not be able to kill you, but I can beat you within a centimeter of your miserable hide. Fine. There, I dispersed the cold air cell. Chief, you feeling better? A little stiff, but I'll be okay. How's four? She's just fine, Chief. Your plan worked. Keep them covered until two defrost and can put a couple of paralysis talismans on them. Will do. I... Brother, let's go! I turned and started to run, trying to get out of the way. If the lieutenant and Karen were coming, it was the last place I wanted to be. Bring her. Too much trouble. We need to move quickly to find where she took our package. And helping her will slow them down. Goodbye, little girl. Team Iron Angel, Black Dawn of the Golden Age, Episode 4, Windchill. Written and produced by Robin Patterson. Starring, in order of appearance... Amanda Price as the narrator and Sung Four. Fiona Thrail as Laurent Two. Ty Konzak as Fong. Crystal Lonquist as Wong. Elena as Stone One. Tegan Harris as Mickey Three. Opening music, Untitled by Peter Chen. Closing music, Cool Spies by Peter Chen. Find his work at soundclick.com. Sound effects provided by the Free Sound Project, findsounds.com, the Transformers Sound Effects Collection, and Axel of the Voice Acting Alliance. Casting done on voiceactingalliance.com. This work and all its characters within are copyright 2007 Robin Patterson. This step into audio adventure and others can be found at kungfuactiontheater.com, where theater is spelt with an R-E at the end because that's how it's done with style. Until next time, Zaijen and bye-bye. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.